how many of these stories are we seeing that are coming out where they're like, oh man, everybody told me, my parents told me this was the way to go. And now I regret my entire life, right? I wish I had never done this. Welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today, it's going to be the last episode of the year, Dan. Last episode of 2022. It was a good year. It was a good year. We nailed every single week. Never missed a drop. Never missed a drop. And as you listen to this, it's Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. We showed up for you on Christmas Day. Could have been with our families. But we're here for you. Here we are. Because you come to expect it. But we had a good year. But we've got some changes coming. 2023 is going to be a bit different. And we're not going to talk about what we got coming because... Can't can't get into the details just yet. Can't get into the details, but it looks like it's probably... uh, Probably going to be big changes. Nothing that you're, well, something that you're going to notice. Nothing that you're really going to notice on uh, on the back end here, but huge for us. It's about time to start paying the bills. It is. It is. My whole entire uh, idea for this whole entire year was to make a good body of work. I thought to myself it was going to be about 50, 52 episodes. We blew that out of the water. We we created Jeff the Conspiracy Theorist. We created the Jim's Dad segments. We've done a, a lot of good things, a lot of funny things. We've had reoccurring guests. We've had people ask us for the reoccurring guests, and that's been a whole lot of fun. More fun than I thought it was going to be. Yep, and uh, like I said, now it's time to start paying the bills. And the opportunity that may be afforded to us here is huge for us. So... That's it. I mean, we're not going to get too far into it. Uh, I will say that if things progress like we think they might, we may miss a couple drops here as as we transition into new things that we're doing. Uh, we may miss a couple. And if we do, we will show up live every week and, and do our full episode. Um, we'll just do it live. So if you're listening to this, you need to go like our Facebook page. And that is where we will be. And we're going to be back to it pretty quick, I think. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy long. Yeah, but that that could also work in our favor because people will want us to kind of catch up on how we feel about some things because things move fast. Things move real fast. No, they do. And we're always a week behind at least, right? I mean, we have a couple good episodes and now we're all of a sudden we're two or three weeks behind um, when we get in here and, you know, we get two episodes done in a week. So that's that. So since the last time we've gone live, and we've done a few, you know, really good back to back episodes with Paul Engel, with uh, Jeff Vermant from Tusk. Yeah, um, yeah. We yeah. haven't even touched the Twitter files. Jim. No, no, we have not. <laughs> um, is that what we're going to start with? We'll today? start with the Twitter files and get this out of the way. Yeah, I uh, I wish we had Ben Barr here, but it is the holidays. I was going to cold call Ben Barr, but <laughs> he's liable to be sitting around with some eggnog and shit with his family, and he's going to be like these guys. You, hey, you, you, speaking of cold call, I still have the dream of calling people and being like, you want to be on a podcast yeah, or not? Weird. It I, is, but it could be, there could, could be, be, there's going to be some gold in there. All right. There a might lot be, of hangups. There might be. Hey, uh, real quick. I do want to get serious for a minute. Oh, shit. Sheriff Mark Lamb. He's been a guest on this show a few times. Uh, definitely a friend of the show. Answers yep. this phone when we call. And uh, I don't know if you saw our Facebook post or not. You've probably seen the news. Tragically, his son, Cooper, and his granddaughter were killed in a car accident um, just 
less than a week ago as we record this. Uh, so we just want to send out our best wishes to that family, man. And, you know, they're in our thoughts. Uh, Sheriff Lamb's a great, great guy and the family's great. And, uh, and he's real strong in his faith. And I think that's, that's gotta be one of the only things holding them together right now. I would imagine, I would imagine those pictures uh, they put up, uh, on the sheriff's website or on the uh, sheriff's Facebook page was, uh, him holding his granddaughter and mm-hmm. stuff. Just God, man, just heart wrenching. So, um, yeah, man, to, uh, you know, Sheriff Lamb, you know, we're here for you. I mean, I know you, you probably don't need a whole lot from us, but, uh, whatever you need, if you're listening, you just gotta, you just gotta drop a line. That's it. Just give us a call, man. We'll, uh, we'll roll out tomorrow for you. All right. So anyway, Twitter files, Twitter files. Everybody knows Elon Musk bought Twitter for a mere $44 billion. Although breaking today, as we record this, Elon Musk put up a uh, poll asking everybody if he should remain the CEO. And I have a feeling it didn't go like he thought it was going to go. Did you see that? Yeah, but I think there's a trick behind it. You think? Yeah. Because like 57% said, nah, step uh-huh. down. Yeah. I think it was a bot trap. You think? I think it was a bot trap. Huh. Maybe. Yeah. Because I was surprised. I was surprised by the numbers. He said, I will abide by this, whatever comes out of here. But you got you to gotta assume that he buys a company like that. He straightens it out and puts someone else in charge anyway. Yeah, maybe. So he's not he's not long for the job. I don't know, man. You can't let the inmates run the asylum, though, right? You can't. I mean, they did. And let me tell you what happened. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> okay, so there's, uh, to this date, there's been seven dumps, seven Twitter files by three, uh, two journalists and one author. Okay, Twitter file number one was Matt Taibbi. Yep. And he smartly did it by not giving it to conservative news sources. He didn't really let conservatives break the news. He he brought it to Barry Weiss, Matt Taibbi, and uh, Michael Schellenberger, who's the author. Twitter file number one, Matt Taibbi, an overall view of, of what they're about to release in the coming weeks. Also, just the tip of the, the Hunter laptop. So what Matt did was just broke it down and said, hey, listen, there's some... Going on here, and we're um, we're going to expose it. And he wanted to lead out with the Hunter Biden laptop and how it how they had all the internal documents about how they handled it, and then they slow rolled it. Now I'm not a big fan of how they're putting this out. They're putting it out in a Twitter thread, so you get a hundred and. 180 characters? What was it up to now? 180 maybe? But know. either way. It's that's like, why you're talking about it. You're the Twitter guy. But it's like number one, you know, 180 characters. And number two. I'm the MySpace guy. You but, want to talk about MySpace? But you got to follow it through or you got to wait for Thread Unroll to get it and give you the whole thing on one page. Got it. MySpace wasn't funny. Continue. <laughs> it's or, too early for leave the jokes to me, chief. <laughs> that's when we knew they were going to come out with the receipts, basically. But we didn't know how far they were coming. But at this point, when he re- when he released number one, the guy that was kind of sussing through all the information was of one James Baker. And James Baker is an FBI plug, a Department of Justice plug, who always had his hands in, in everything. And almost every single investigation or Tom Fuckery going on here or there, James Baker was there until he got ousted from the FBI. Then he just shows up as like general counsel of Twitter. And, you know, once you're a spy, dude, you're always a spy. I guarantee you, he's got all his back channels. We're never going to get that. But we'll get further into that to find out. The Hunter Biden shit is big because that affected the election. 
But it's and, not big if it's not being reported. Well, right. But it, no, I mean, the, the Twitter dump on it is huge. Now, we all knew it. This is what we said before. We all knew it was happening, right? This isn't big news for conservatives. Mm-hmm. This isn't big news. This is vindication. Right. Because everybody called us crazy, right? Oh, conspiracy theorist. You know, government doesn't have any hand in that. Twitter's a private company. They can do whatever they want. Well, hmm. No, because he's got the emails where he was colluding or the government was colluding with Twitter. They were doing the government's bidding. They would just call them and be like, hey, you got to take this tweet down. Well, well, yeah, you're putting the cart in front of the horse, right? No, about Hunter Biden. Well, um, I mean, when we go a little bit deeper into this, you're going to see. Oh, are you still on the first one? Yes. Oh, I thought you were moving on to the second one. Well, I will, but I'm just saying you're putting the cart in front of the horse because it gets deep. Oh, I know. It gets deep. You probably haven't followed it too much, but this is what pisses me off the All most. Right, come on. Seven dumps, and the only thing I saw on Good Morning America on the bottom of the scroll ticker was uh, Elon Musk says he'll step down as CEO of Twitter. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. This should be the biggest story of the year. Uh, maybe even longer. <clears throat> this is the government suppressing free speech. And that's what Barry Weiss says in, in, in uh, Twitter files number two. Oh, see? Barry Weiss, Twitter's secret blacklist to prevent disfavored tweets from trending and actively limit the visibility of entire accounts or even trending topics, all in secret without informing users about it. You know, I, I always said that... Uh, it, with Facebook, with Twitter, that my problem with it was that they're, they're a private company, right? Um, free speech isn't just telling you what you can't say. It's also telling you what you can say, right? And they're a private company. If they want to say that, hey, you know what? From now on, nobody can use the word porterhouse. Okay, well, you're allowed to do that. You're a private company. Mm-hmm. But when the government comes in and says, hey, look, you have to tell them people they can't use the word porterhouse. Nobody's using porterhouse. And if they do, you have to ban their accounts. Now it's different. Now it's, this is not a private company. This is a branch of government. This is an arm of government. It's now. a cutout. It's <clears throat> disgusting. Part three, back to Matt Taibbi. Uh, the removal of Donald Trump is about the erosion of the standards within the company. Decisions by high ranking executives to violate their own policies to suspend him. And there was a lot of internal conflict there. Uh, so number three was, was Taibi and it's all the same stuff. It's all the same BS with uh, them going through and saying, you know, they're showing all the internal conflict about, you know, we got to suspend him. Let's suspend him. Let's get him on, you know, let's get him up on some strikes. So once he has that third strike, it's, you know, and they're like, uh, we, <laughs> It's borderline. They got to change the standards of what. Well, they had he did. They, they had emails in there from employees that are like, "Is this really our policy? Because it doesn't feel right to me." Yes. And what happened to those employees? Mm-hmm. Right, probably done. I would guess. And that was in number four, um, which is Michael Schellenberger's turn. And this is part two of the Trump ban. Twitter executives create justifications to ban Trump seek a change of policy for Trump alone, distinct from other political leaders and express no concern for free speech. And then that's when they were starting to get the, the pushback. There was a, there was a, 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 like a mini civil war going on in there where they were like, Hey, he's not breaking the rules that you kind of say he's breaking. So I wonder what the rule is. So, so when, when we both sign up for Twitter, you don't use yours. Like I use mine. Um, we agree to the terms of service. 
And we're bound by those terms of service. But is Twitter bound to the terms of service as well? Or are they not? Oh, I think Twitter can probably change their, they can make any rule they want. Right? But then they'd have to send me a new one to sign off on. I mean, as far as they're concerned. Well, I mean, I, are we bound on a contract there if I sign a terms of service? Uh, no, I think that only, man, I think you're only bound by that, right? I think it's, it's no different than when you're at work and a new memo comes out and says, all right. From now on, no red shoes. No red shoes. From now on, any, any of the carpet people, any of the admin people who have carpet in their offices, they only got to work four hour days. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Right. I, I have a feeling that's what that is. Terms of services are only what you can use, how you can use their service. It doesn't dictate how, how they have to run it. Mm-hmm. So basically drop three through five was mostly about the direction they took with Trump. So five was back to Barry Weiss and Barry Weiss said uh, the removal of Trump had a lot of internal debate, a lot of back and forth between a lot of us who want him gone, but we really don't have a term of service violation. They, they struggled with it. And I, and I bet you the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back was the government involvement in it. And I think by this time, I think by, by Twitter drop number three, they figured out who James Baker was. And that's the thing too. Like how did, if you're going to take over a company and wax 75% of the staff, I would have knew, I would have saw the name James Baker and been like, it, it's not the same one, is it? And kind of figured that out. So uh, Matt Taibbi jumps back into Twitter file dump number six. Twitter, the FBI subsidiary, an open channel was created for personnel from the FBI to actively request accounts get flagged for moderation. This should have broke the internet. This should have been uh, front page on all the papers. This should have been the lead on every single news show. Let me read it for you again. Twitter, the FBI subsidiary, had an open channel that was created for personnel from the FBI to actively request accounts get flagged for moderation. Now, is this the one where they had the backdoor portal or no? Yes. Where they, they didn't have to go to Twitter. They had a backdoor portal where they could take care of business themselves. If that's my understanding, is that wrong? That is not wrong. I don't, I don't think that we have all that information yet. I think that's kind of like suggested. I don't, I don't think I have the receipts for that. I can see that though. I can see Twitter saying, Hey, look, we're busy. We're going to give you this login. You go through here and you just take care of whatever you need to take care of. We trust you. We trust you, FBI. Because we the, trust you, Biden. The internal memos were saying, like, these these people are taking down tweets from people with two followers. Are, is this what they're really doing? Is this why they they missed all these freaking mass shooters mm-hmm. that, that had all these red flags because they're too busy, you know, checking out the, the freaking Pod Bless America Facebook page and throttling it? We have more than two followers. We do. Not but, many. <laughs> sons of bitches. <laughs> so uh, the latest drop from the recording of the show was Michael Schellenberger, Twitter file number seven, the FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop, how the FBI and the intelligence community discredited factual information about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, both after and before the New York Post revealed the contents of his laptop. And that's because the FBI had the wiretap on Giuliani and they knew it was coming. So they, in bad faith, got all those 51 intelligence officers to sign off on that thing that had all the earmarks of Russian disinformation, even though not a goddamn one of them seen it. Well, they knew it was real. They knew it was real from the start. Because I assure you, the first time Giuliani made a statement on that phone call about what he had, they went right to Hunter Biden. And they're like, did you take a laptop 
to this repair shop and not pick it up. And you know what? It, you know what the truth is? He took three fucking laptops to that shop. Think? No, I I I was on a on a Twitter Spaces today, and they were talking about it because because the the laptop repair shop owner was actually in court with Twitter about uh, like a defamation lawsuit, and in 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 those transcripts they said. Hunter brought three laptops, all water damaged. They can only save one. The other ones were too compromised. And since the dude knew that there was a ton of fuckery on there, he had Hunter go get another hard drive to put on it. All the stuff that he was taking off of the compromised hard drive. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Fucking bourbon came out of the the decanter quick. Yeah. All right. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Um, old acquaintance you get what i'm saying so so this guy from the repair can shop you imagine though what was on the can you imagine those other two or yeah. did we get the only good one doubtful doubtful right doubtful so i think the biggest fuckery that's going on with this whole entire thing is that the fbi paid twitter three million four hundred and fifteen thousand three hundred and twenty three dollars in reimbursement for cooperation. And I think that, that is going to be the thing that really brings this thing around. It's still not get covered by the mainstream media. Well, I'm seeing now that the FBI is getting ready for a slew of subpoenas. So, but you know what? Does it matter? Yeah, they're going to be like, I can't comment on that. It's an ongoing investigation. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're, we're trying to figure that out. I mean, it's just like the shit with Trump. And I mean, just, I mean, everything that he exposed and nothing changed. I want to believe that maybe this is it, right? That this is the thing that wakes everybody up. But there are people out there that have no idea this is happening. Older folks that aren't on Twitter, that are just listening to the NBC Nightly News. Watching Good Morning America. And they're not getting it. They're not getting any of this news. Mm -mm. And they'd rather be asleep, it seems. They would rather be asleep. And it's only going to end when... The people who we are always fighting against are going to realize they're the same people as us. And the side that they're fighting for gives a fuck about them. You know, and that's the thing, right? You've got all these liberals coming out and defending Twitter and defending, you know, uh, what the government did. And, uh, oh, it's for the greater good. Donald Trump is, is spreading hate, you know, and misinformation. And But they're basically coming out against the Constitution, against the First Amendment. They're coming out against free speech. I mean, I don't have to say it, but you know, how about if this was if the shoe was on the other foot, right? Oh my God, can you imagine? It'd be this, front page news. This comes out, we find out that Twitter was colluding with the Trump administration to silence uh, the left. Oh, Jesus! But would I be that mad about it then? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I'd be like, shut up, libs. Shut up and shut up and just shut up, libs. Let's get this shit straightened back out. So, uh, but real quick, uh, along these same lines, and we'll touch on this just a little bit. I want to get your take on it. The January 6th Rump Committee. Listen, which, man, are you are you talking about the news that broke today? Yeah. With their recommending charges. To the DOJ, well, to Donald absolute Trump. Absolute garbage, right? Insurrection. Why didn't we just do away with the J6 committee? Stop wasting everybody's time because everybody knew how this was going to end when it started. Mm-hmm. So why didn't we just, day one, Recommend charges to the DOJ because everybody knew that's what was going to happen. But they 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 hired a film crew to come through and make a big spectacle about it because they had to sell it. 
There was and no, nobody was watching. No testimony that could have been given was going to change the fact that they were going to recommend charges. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. And you know, you, you look at his tweets that he actually put out on that day when he was telling people, look, this isn't what we're doing. Everybody be calm, respect the police, but nobody's talking about that. Right. Nope. So, okay. So they charge the guy. If they are truly going to bring up sculptory evidence that would exonerate Donald Trump, if they were going to bring up the evidence that is going to push back against the left's narrative, there's no way you could find him guilty of anything. Not only that, but there's no prosecutor that would ever take that case. He would look at this case and be like, Ish, not, even, not even a D.C. prosecutor. That's the problem. Right. DC jury. That's the problem. They can have no evidence and DC jury's well, gonna fucking whip it up in an hour. Yeah, they're they're gonna end up they'll trying lose them. The, they'll lose the appeal. They're gonna end up trying them in that that court in New York. <laughs> the Southern District. The Southern District, yeah. They're <laughs> gonna end up trying them there. So so uh, okay, I don't know how this works. Maybe you know. Let's say let's say they do charge them. Yeah. Now the DOJ usually ignores stuff like this, just like they ignore congressional subpoenas for depending on what political party you were on who lied under oath or or, or denied a subpoena or, you know, there's, they always just either ignore him or execute it. So if this man has said that he's going to run for president in 2024, if they do shackle him up, put him in cuffs, you know, the cameras are going to be there. Yeah. I mean, that, that may, you might as well just know that when you start seeing cameras uh, really start showing up around Mar-a-Lago, it's, it's go time. Right. Um, then how long can they hold them? They're holding all the J six people in perpetuity, right? Three dollar word. You know there is nothing that, that prevents him from running while he's under indictment. While he, well, is, this is what I'm getting to. This is what I want to know. He gets charged, yeah, right. And the jury comes and finds him guilty of insurrection or uh, incite whatever the hell they want to use to where he can't run for president. Yeah. Then he gets the appeal. Mm-hmm. Wins the appeal. Will they still say, well, yeah, you won the appeal, but you were charged. No, 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 I mean, be, no, no, you can charge anybody with anything, right? I could come in here tomorrow and grab you and charge you with JFK's assassination. Then you got to prove it. Doesn't mean you did it, mm. right? And that's what we tell people all the time. You know, they want to complain and say, oh man, I, I didn't hit my wife or whatever. Mm. We're like, look, we're not saying you did it. We're just saying there's probable cause to believe you did it. And now you got to defend it. Now, yeah, right. Now, now it's going to be up to a judge. You're not innocent until proven guilty. But. Unless you're Donald Trump, then you're guilty. But. <laughs> right. It's like the Paul Angle. Yes, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is, everybody knew it was coming, though. It, and it is going to be an absolute circus. It's going to be a clown show, dude. Well, I mean, what's your gut tell you? They ignore it or they, or they prosecute them? Oh, no, they're going to prosecute them. Yeah, they're going to prosecute him. There's no way. They got they, the special counsel already. They don't. You know, you know what's funny, though, is I don't think Donald Trump gets elected. I'll say it. I, I don't think there's any way he gets elected now. And it has nothing to do with J6, right? What it has to do with him is with him attacking DeSantis, mm-hmm. right? It has to do with that soundbite where he says it's time to, you know, this allows him to suspend the Constitution, right. which he didn't say. You know, I, I believe that was taken out of context. What he's saying is when you have election fraud, that allows a suspension of laws. It allows for uh, the suspension of the Constitution. He's not saying he's going to suspend it. He's saying that when you have something of this magnitude that is ignored 
you are basically allowing at that point the suspension of the Constitution. You got to take drastic measures. But that's, well, no, no, he's not saying he's going to suspend the Constitution. I don't think, I think it was taken out of context. He's saying in general, when he's this saying, happens. He is saying that, that the elect, I, I think that in his mind that he was saying that the act of the election fraud is what suspends the Constitution, basically, because they're, peop, they're ignoring it, Right. They're ignoring the laws. They're ignoring the Constitution. It is allowing for the suspension of those laws in that Constitution. He's not saying he's going to come and do it, but it doesn't matter because the media reported mm-hmm. uh, the media reported that that's what Donald Trump said, right? So a good three quarters of this country who gets their news from mainstream media still, which I don't understand why they believe that, right? I think that hurts them. What are these crazy trading cards that he came out with? Right. His, I mean, this his is NFTs. I think someone else came up with these NFTs. And he's he just, selling them. And he signed off on the likeness to it to get it, to get a chunk of money. Okay. Well, he's selling them and for $99. I wonder how much Biden NFTs would sell for. I don't know, but he's made like $4 million on these things. Have you seen them? Ridiculous. I mean, they're ridiculous. Can we, can we, can we make Biden NFTs and put them up and see if we can even sell one for a dollar? Like the one with him and the aviators. Listen. Licking some ice cream. Listen. The NFTs that we would make for Biden <laughs> would fund this podcast for the next 52 years. <laughs> Maybe we should. But we can't share them on Facebook or else we won't be able to go live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. But, you know. <clears throat> but, he, but he dropped those NFTs the same day he was dropping, like, policy. Like, this first step of, of, his, of, his, of his policy going forward. Which is not a good look. He's now throwing his weight behind McCarthy. Oh. I mean, what the hell is this? McCarthy is, uh, for, for Speaker of the House, McCarthy is what he has rallied against this whole time. He is the swamp. And now he's putting his name behind McCarthy. Unless McCarthy made him some promises and, behind closed doors. Okay, maybe. But you know what? That's shady fucking shit. And I'll tell you. What I've been seeing from conservatives and conservatives I trust, they're like, hey, man, I love his policies. I can't get behind him. I cannot get behind him on this. And I think this is what does him in. Right. DeSantis chipped away a little bit, right? The Constitution thing chipped away a little bit. McCarthy's chipping away a lot. And you put somebody else, DeSantis, running against Trump. And I think those people, Trump will always have his base, but I think those people now are like, look, I mean, I, I don't know what happened here, right? I don't know why Donald Trump is selling out, why he's putting his name behind McCarthy, but McCarthy's part of the problem, bro. I don't think McCarthy has the support right now that he needs. No. Well, he will with Trump. Mm. Well, maybe. He Trump's has, base he has, is, but he has to get that vote in January. Trump's base is getting low, man. Don't, don't, don't they vote for that in January? Yeah, yeah. But, we'll I mean, I just... You know, and, and one of the things that I've seen is that he's not surrounded by those people that were keeping him in check as president, right? He's down there in Mar-a-Lago with a bunch of yes men that are just dropping to their knees every time he walks in the room. I think he still has Mark Meadows. Well, okay. I don't know who's there, but they're not fucking keeping this guy in check. He is just crazy right now. The shit he's saying, he needs to shut up. If he wants to have a real shot at the presidency, he needs to shut his mouth. Do you think, do you think the three-letter agencies have Mar-a-Lago bugged? Oh, sure. Why, why else would they shut down the camera? Do cameras? you think his secret service detail is all agents? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. I, I think they like him. 
He can't fix them. But bugged. I mean, why else, why else would they want the camera shut down? Why else would they say, Hey, look, nobody's allowed in here. You know? Yeah. Hell yeah. I think they have it bugged. Uh, He does still have the Mar-a-Lago thing hanging over his head. I mean, that always comes back into light. when. And again, mainstream media, mm -hmm. right? If you're just listening to mainstream media and you're (laughs) believing this, he's guilty, bro. He's guilty. And you're talking about, I mean, a lot of his conservative base, the old folks, yeah, that they aren't were, on Twitter, that aren't following. They, they cleared Giuliani, and the FBI raided his house. Well, it doesn't matter. They cleared him. Doesn't matter. They got what they wanted. Doesn't matter. They they perp walk you, and it's all over. Just for the optics, right? Yeah, right. Who did they get in the airport? They took him out of there in shackles. That Stone. Uh, that, um, no. Anyway, yeah. I mean, they take you out in leg shackles. Done. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that they don't charge you. Everybody remembers that. The media reports on that, but they don't report on the fact that they declined to charge. So, it, yeah, it's, it's or they all, bury it on page twenty-eight. It's all dirty, dude. Ugh. I think I don't think he wins. I really don't. I think he's he's making too many missteps right but now. But if he wins the nomination, yeah, you still think Biden gets a hundred million votes to Trump's ninety-five? You know what, though? Here's here's the thing, though. Is to be decided in Georgia. You've got to Six remember weeks later. <laughs> you, well, you've got to remember though, right? So he wins a nomination, but who's going to win the Democratic nomination? Because right now they're even saying they don't want Biden. Yeah, but if he decides, although to run I was going to say Tulsi, or but she's dead to them now. Yeah, but if Tulsi runs as an independent, she'll she'll fuck the whole thing up. She will fuck the whole thing up. I she'll fuck the whole thing up for conservatives. Or she wins. She's not going to win as an independent. She's not going to win. But what does she really have to take away from both of them? 25 million votes apiece? I don't know the numbers on that. I, I love Trump's policies. There's a guy out there that will that will run Trump's policies, but is a little more couth about it. And, uh, I mean, if DeSantis runs, that's great. I'm behind that guy. And I think he has a real shot. I think that, the well, the RNC, we, and we're going to talk about that coming up here soon. Um, I've got some emails out. But it's time for a new head of the RNC. And But, you know... They're going to have a tough time getting behind Trump, man, with the crazy shit he's saying. Although McCarthy's there, right? I mean, that's a that's an RNC candidate. I, I, yeah, I wonder if McCarthy, you know, told him some shit behind closed doors to get his support just so he knows he can set him up against and to lose this 24 election. So they maintain, I don't know, so but, they, so uh, okay. they maintain the status quo. I, I mean, you lose me at closed doors, right? I mean, that's just shady shit. Tell me why, why are you, why are you flip-flopping now? Why are you going after and putting your weight behind the swamp? I don't understand it. There's so many other candidates out there for, for speaker that if you really truly were looking to drain the swamp that you get behind, that was just bizarre to me. But you know, you know what that is? That's just another two 30 in the morning tweet. That's what that is. Just crazy ass Donald Trump. Yeah. But it just feels like he's getting crazier and crazier as it goes on. And I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to torpedo himself. I think that the, uh, the DOJ can just sit back. They don't need to charge this guy because he's going to torpedo himself. They don't need to. I mean, they will just in case he doesn't. So devil's advocate, let's say he wins. Then it turns back into 2016 through 2020 again. Sure. With the media yep, yep, yep. Fall, falling over everything. To, to put them in a bad light. Yep, yep. C- CNN's back Cities in the Cities are on fire. Cities are on fire. Yep, yep, yep. Peacefully, though. Peacefully. Mostly. Mostly peacefully. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to transition from Trump. Yeah. Where are we? 
What are we going to? You like how I use the word transition? What, have you been studying like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're using big words. You, have you been studying? It's big word Monday. <laughs> Is that it on Monday? Transitioning. It, oh, transitioning. All right. So now I got it. You're such a tool. <laughs> All right. So listen, there was this weird thing that happened. Uh, that nobody saw. That nobody saw, but it's, you told me about it. I was like, <laughs> you're like, this is like, true. This is, you do this and I'll, and I'll add the color. <laughs> okay. Just like Twitter files. I'll do Twitter files. You add the color. Oh, you're going to do this and I'm going to add the color because I didn't even want to waste a brain. You know what? I'm sorry. I, I wish I had, I wish I had come to you and said, uh, told you how serious I was because you didn't prep for this at all because you thought it was fake shit. Yeah. Until we came in here and I started playing the clips for you that I have. You were like, oh, it's real. God, I was hoping and praying that this was not going to be part of the, of, you know, one of the last episodes. Well, now it's not, don't take it at face value because I have another problem with it. And the problem we're going to talk about is just, it's more than just the ridiculousness that's going on. So anyway, House Oversight Committee uh, held a hearing on surging anti-LGBTQ violence, right? Apparently it's running rampant. Now, I'm not taking that away. There are certainly people out there that are targeting gay folks, right? There's white folks that are targeting black folks. There's black folks that are targeting white folks. There's hate mm-hmm. out there. There's people targeting cops. Sure, targeting cops, right? I target you every single time we're in here. In my mind, I'm thinking, how can I kill Dan? Every time I pass by you when you're on duty, you're like, I you know just want to pit maneuver him. Exactly. And every time you go by me, there's always just too much traffic for me to flip around. <clears throat> so they have this this committee uh, or this oversight hearing. Let me tell everybody, I thought we were cool enough to where when I saw you on the streets when we first started this podcast, I would flick you the bird. Yeah. And just drive by and flick you off. Think, thinking that everybody that drove by was like, oh, that dude's got some fucking balls on him. Because they don't know. We're cool. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, three months into me seeing you in the streets and flicking you off, there was one time, was it the next time you saw me, you're like, flick me off again in public and see what happens. You said, fuck around. And find out. And find out. And I, I, I absolutely would stop you. I'd make a spectacle of it. <laughs> So, I would. I so, swear to God, I'm not even kidding. So I, now, so now, when I pass <clears throat> Jim in the streets, it's a giant thumbs up. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it's a giant thumbs up, and I just want him to know that it would be a middle finger if I wanted to find out, but I don't because I got places to be. <laughs> I don't want to be held up on the side of the road for 20 minutes yeah. while you're calling for a dog, even though you have one. <laughs> Dude, listen, man. I, yeah, right. You would go by me in the middle of like five lane intersections. You're like, fuck you. And everybody's looking at me. I'm like, oh, this guy. Yeah. No, dude. It's, uh, I'm different when I work. I, I do. I, I am. I maintain. I'm I am professional. All right. <laughs> that was my bad. I learned. I learned a lesson that day. Well, you haven't learned yet. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. could have. You came close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I, under, I understand the assignment now. Yeah, you came close. <laughs> God damn. There's been more than one time I've had my finger on the switch for my lights, and I'm like, fuck, I got somewhere to be. I get, this motherfucker. <laughs> Dude. There was one time, and there's no bullshit. On Larry Nagel? Uh, it was L- Larry Nagel and Chestnut, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, 
I had a guy behind me that I knew was down there on Leonagle, and I was going to have him stop you. I was going to tell him what happened, but not tell him I know you. I was going to let him deal with your shit. I was going to hoop tech then. And then you're going to be like, oh, listen, I, no, I know yeah, him. Here's, he's my, a, here's my business card. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. And then he would call me. I'd be like, nah, never heard of him. <laughs> he wasn't trying to impede an ongoing investigation, was he? A little obstruction charge. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. He flipped me off and he threw, he, I think he threw a bag of Coke out the window. I'll go back and look for it. <laughs> Hold him for an hour. Christ. I'm Man, sorry. It's dick. So anyway, let's get back to this House Oversight Committee. The whole, uh, they held hearings on surging anti-LGBTQIA++, I don't know, whatever. When Vi- was it? Violence. When they do it? So I am not sure when they did it. It was recently. It was within the last week. Mm. And I get it, right? I get that there's hate out there, but it's it's kind of the way way it went that rubs me the wrong way. From the Hill here, they say that the panel will hear hear firsthand testimony from individuals impacted by anti-LGBTQ attacks, including survivors of last month's Club Q shooting in Colorado Springs that claimed the lives of five people. And the survivor of the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, the deadliest attack on LGBTQ people in U.S. history. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Club Q, wasn't that a non-binary? I think they both were. It's not it like was, somebody walked in and was like, I hate homosexuals and started blasting the place. Yeah. Like, I okay, be that as it may. Look, what happened at Club Q is horrible, right? You, you got folks that are just going out trying to have a good night, mm-hmm. and they end up getting murdered for it. All right? Horrible. But it wasn't by no straight white supremacist. <laughs> like it, yeah, you know? right. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're in a MAGA hat. Yeah. Hey, it's MAGA country. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't like that. Of course, they want to talk about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who in, over the summer, uh, she brought up a measure, um, it, according to the Hill here, I'll just read it right from them, brought up a measure that would make providing gender-affirming medical care to minors a felony punishable by up to 25 years in prison. In October, Representative Mike Johnson, Republican Louisiana, announced he was sponsoring legislation to prohibit federal dollars from being used to make sexually oriented materials, including any topic related to sexual orientation or gender identity available to children under the age of 10. Okay? I don't have a problem with any of this. Right? You cannot start gender reassignment surgery on kids. How many of these stories are we seeing that are coming out where they're like, oh man, everybody told me, my parents told me this was the way to go. And now I, I regret my entire life, right? I wish I had never done this. They're 19 now, 20 now. And they're like, I wish I had never done this. Anyway, they get into Twitter, uh, you know, with all of their, uh, you know, allowing all this hate on there and, you know, blah, 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 goes on and on. So what we've got here are, we, I got a couple, couple sound bites here. So here's Katie Porter. She's a uh, representative, uh, obviously a Democrat out of California, the 45th district. And apparently, so she was on a Zoom for this hearing. Okay. And apparently she was in the bathroom while she was doing it. I don't know. I, you'll hear the audio. It sounds like she's in the bathroom. So anyway, <laughs> here she is. Here's Katie Porter. Democrat from California. This allegation of groomer and pedophile, it is alleging that a person is criminal somehow and engaged in criminal acts merely because of of their identity, um, their sexual orientation, their gender identity. All right, listen to this one more time. 
she's saying that pedophiles are somehow guilty of being whatever because of their identity, because of their sexual orientation. So apparently loving kids, wanting to touch kids, being a pedophile, that's okay to the Democrats of California. Listen. You know, this allegation of groomer and pedophile, it is alleging that a person is criminal somehow and engaged in criminal acts merely because of, of their identity, um, their sexual orientation, their gender identity. Listen, man, these pedophiles cannot be fixed. I, I have seen their hard drives through work. <laughs> I have seen what they do, what they have. They cannot be fixed. They reoffend. You don't send them to prison and they get the, the counseling they need. Now, all of a sudden, they're not attracted to kids anymore. No, they're minor attracted people. This is why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sons of bitches. So like this six, is exactly. 16 is the age of consent. This is exactly why <laughs> the sheriff's department requires them to register and they have their addresses mm-hmm. on the website. So you know where they live. Listen, there's more. There's no. There's more. Come on. So the next person who testified here, her name is Olivia Hunt. Okay. Her name. She, her. <laughs> what is her <laughs> pronouns, Jim? <laughs> Apparently they're she, her. So she's the policy director for the Transgender uh, Equality or National Center for Transgender Equality. All right. If I had to guess, her birth name is not Olivia. It's Oliver. I don't know. I don't know. But if I had to guess, all right. So you can go and you can you, you can pull the video up. Uh, she, her. This is Olivia Hunt, and she is talking. She's talking about groomers again. Already receptive to that message. Take it to heart, and it reinforces their prejudices. In their minds, trans people either become victims to be saved from ourselves or villains to be punished. One example of this in action is the misuse of the term groomer. Anti-LGBTQ activists have appropriated this terminology used by survivors of childhood sexual abuse and used it to slander LGBTQ people and our allies as predatory, harmful toward children. In reality, trans people are significantly more likely to be the victims of sexual abuse than perpetrators of it. And now, this misused terminology has become part of the political discourse around trans people and is invoked as a reason to further restrict our rights in the name of protecting children. This same rhetoric has subsequently been used as justification for violent anti-LGBTQ activism. Heavily armed protesters have made numerous attacks or attempts at intimidation against family-friendly pride events and drag performances around the country. Look, I'm going to stop it right there. There are no family-friendly drag events. All right. That's absolute bullshit. You cannot have a drag event at an elementary school, at a library. You can't. You, you can't bring seven-year-old kids. We've seen the videos, right, of these, of these young kids that they're out there prostituting at these drag events that are dancing. This is not family-friendly. I'm still messed up because that, that girl sounded like Bruce Jenner yeah. before the transition, and I can't get past that. Listen, they want to say that the, basically what we're saying is that trans people are groomers, Right. That's not, I don't think, at least nobody I know is saying that trans people are groomers. What we're saying is when you normalize this behavior, you're normalizing it to kids that it's okay. It's okay. Even though you're a boy, it's okay if you want to be a girl. Not only that, but you can dress like a girl and you can dance provocatively in front of whoever you want to dance in front of. Go to a gay pride event or a gay pride uh, parade and take a look at the floats buddy yeah not safe for work not safe for this is nsfw all day (laughs) right 
This just pisses me off. And this is what this whole hearing was about. This whole hearing is about trying to villainize those who are against this what's I- ideology. I guess ideology. Yeah. That's probably not the word. Yes. Okay. This ideology that you're trying to force on the kids. That's what this is about. They're attacking those that are saying that by you calling us groomers, that's hate speech. It's not. You're absolutely grooming these kids. You're grooming these kids. Now, you may not be the one who is going to assault these kids, but you are grooming them to believe that this is normal behavior. You are grooming them to go, and they said, or they, he, she, Olivia, said it herself, that trans people are more likely to be the victims of sexual assault. Why would you want to normalize that for your child? Why would you want to tell your child it is okay for you to do this? You know what? In fact, not only is it okay, I think you're actually a girl. We need you to transition because Olivia said it herself. So why would you set your child up to be a victim of sexual assault? How about if you teach your child that if you're a boy, you're a boy? Well, this woke thought process that they have, you got to remember, I just heard this uh, just recently that when you... Uh, have that woke hive mindset, that woke hive mindset gives you both the sword and the shield to combat anything. So no matter what you say, as long as you have the virtue sword and the compassion shield, you get to have your way with whatever you want to have. That's a great analogy. That's exactly what it is. They can, they can do whatever they want. Everybody is so afraid of being called a bigot. And there are people that are listening to this right now that are going to say, Oh my God, pod bless America. These guys are bigots. I'm not a bigot. Whatever you want to believe, you believe, but you don't put it on the kids. When you're 25, when you're 20, when you're 18, whatever, whatever you want to believe, but you don't tell seven-year-olds that this is normal behavior. You don't convince a six-year-old who's home playing with her dolls, maybe that she's a boy now. Do you know how confusing that's got to be for a kid? Can you even imagine? It's already tough enough being a kid today and growing uh, up in this world where, where everything's right at your fingertips. Look, man. It's a different I, world. We didn't, we didn't grow up in this, and now you're going to make it even harder. I don't know, man. man. But it's, it's bad enough to – you can remember like a month ago when we were having attacks on our electrical infrastructure. And they would come out with the news, you know, oh, these people in North Carolina are still without power – Authorities think that maybe, just maybe, somebody did this to the grid. It was teenagers, just vandalism. No, 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 no. They said it was because there was a drag show going on in the next town. Right, right, and they, right. And they were trying to shut it down. Yeah. No, they did. You're right. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, you know what? One thing I want to talk about here, too, is they're, they're, they're saying here that, you know, using the word groomer, you have now created hate against the the, the trans community. Uh, hello, Dan white guy, racist, Mm -hmm. right? They've been doing this for years. They've been calling us racist because we believe in Trump's policies, right? Oh, well, then you're a racist. Because we're America first. Because you're America first. You're a racist. You're a Nazi, Mm -hmm. right? And that's brought violence against conservatives. I probably kill puppies too. Beat seals to death. Beat baby seals. Not just seals. Baby seals. Regular seals don't do it for me. <laughs> you got to beat the baby ones. They cry. <laughs> they cry with a higher pitch. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, but seriously, come on. 
Come on with this. And you know what? Stop listening to this bullshit. Stop falling for it. You know it's not right. And if it's not right for your family, that's that's fine. If it's not right for your family, then stand up for your family. Don't be afraid of being called a bigot. I just, I'm just done with this. But I, but I still feel like when the Democrats have that hearing and all the cameras go away, and they get behind closed doors with their staff and they take the jacket off. They got to look at each other and go, huh, I'm glad that stupid shit's over. Oh, man, I can't believe we still got to do this crap, but yeah, it's got to do it to get to the base. I, you know, seriously, I wonder that. Like, do they truly believe in this bullshit? You can't. Ugh. You can't. God. You can't. But just like anything else, just like the, the Smollett hoax and all, there's not enough stock. So they have to keep these hearings to keep it on your mind. They have to keep coming up with 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 with, with fake situations that happen, um, just to just to keep the stock up because there isn't enough stock left. There just isn't. So you're right. They did run out of stock, right? But, or there's just not a lot of stock to be had. Well, because everyone normally in America is a, is a kind, passionate person. Listen, Dan, unless you're crazy. Listen, you don't understand the government. You don't understand what the Biden administration has done for you. You don't appreciate it. You're just one of those guys that mm. doesn't appreciate the fucking work that they're putting in, Dan. Mm. Elizabeth Warren, she's going to remind you. And again, it's all about delivering for people where they are, the things that make a difference. Mm. You know, for so long, the Republicans have run on the notion that government's bad, government's yep. terrible. It is. At, at best, government is inept. At worst, it's, uh, it's really actually doing harm. We're out there demonstrating exactly the opposite. We are showing that government can be on your side. Look right now, for example, on inflation. Oh. What do people across this country understand is one of the major causes of higher prices? Price gouging. And for the. Price gouging? You mean it's the business owners that are driving this up? These sons of bitches. Mm. I always thought it was the government. You know what? I wish we had a voice of reason out there. I wish there was a voice of reason that could give you just nine words. There was one. I don't remember. I was I was kind of young though, so. God, I just feel like there's nine words that you could live by. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Elizabeth Warren trying to convince you that the Biden administration is here for you. Get the fuck out of here. That's right. Fucking Jesus Christ. Mm. This is crazy. All right. So let's get out of here, Dan. But before we go, what time do you think it is, Dan? I think we can give them one last time for this year. For this year? For this year. I mean, there are more, but we can give them one more, one more chance to hear it. Everybody's ass in Vietnam Conquered the world in the FBI If you saw Jim's dad, you were gonna die Hey, it's Jim's dad Hey, Dan, you know what time it is? What time is it, Jim? It's time for an old, dusty, <laughs> white crackhead motherfucker to tell another story <laughs> What's going on, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> You guys want another story from my No, but we will give you the course. we will give you the proceeds of that t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
well, you know what? We want whatever story you want. We can't tell any of the really good Vietnam stories, though, because we don't have Tom Knutson on the phone yet. We're going to get him on the phone, and then we're going to tell good stories. Whew. What kind of last name is that? Knutson? It's a German? I think it's like Dutch or something. I don't know. Knutson. It's K-N-U-D-S-E-N. Oh. I think it's O-N, Tom. I've seen it spelled, but Tom has an O. That's what I'm saying. I'm suspect of him now. Suspect. He he put two last names together. <laughs> Didn't like the hyphen. So where are we at? What do we got? Uh, you guys want one more story from my drug task force days? I mean, hey, it's your story how, time. How, I don't know how you're going to top the last one. I don't know how you're going to top dusty white, <laughs> old white crackhead. Motherfucker. But yeah, go ahead. So we got it. We're setting up a drug buy uh, with a guy who's got... Uh, he drives a big, like, F, F Ford F-250 or 350. It's just a big-ass truck. And we got a bunch of little cars and some surveillance vans, but we don't have any big-ass trucks, and we're going to try to take him down. He's going to make the deal the way it's set up. Actually, the deal was supposed to go down to North Olmstead, even though we're Lorraine County Drug Task Force. We set the deal up in Lorraine County, so we have jurisdiction. And it's good. we're going to meet in a parking lot over near uh, the mall, a great Northern Mall, and we're going to take him down in the parking lot. But I'm a little concerned with the fact that he's got this big-ass truck, and if he wants to ram his way out of containment with our little cars, we might be in trouble. Well, our boss, uh, Dennis Cavanaugh, he was the head of the drug task force at that time. He's got a big, uh, real nice, uh, I don't know, what, I guess it was a 250-size truck. It might have even been a Chevy. I his, his personal? No. Oh, it, it's a, he had one from, yeah, he had okay. one assigned to him from the drug task force. Okay. And he loved this. He loved that truck. That was his baby. So in the morning of the buy, I go to him and I say, Hey, Kev, uh, you know, this guy, guy we're going to take down has got this big ass truck. I don't want him ramming his way out of containment when we try to box him in and take him down. Cause that's kind of our, our plan. He's not going to, if we try to pull him over on a vehicle stop, he's just going to run on us. So we're just going to box him. And I want to, I'd like to have at least your truck available to get, you know, so we can at least block him in with that truck and he doesn't want to ram his way. Meet him eye to eye. Yeah. yeah. So Cav says, uh, well, uh, well, um, who's going to be in the truck? And I said, me and Sammy. Now, Sammy is Sam D. Francisco. Sam has, is no longer with us, but uh, Sammy was unbelievable. He was aggressive, unbelievable, kind of a hothead. And he said, oh, Sammy? He said, well, who's driving? He said, not Sammy. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'll drive, Cav. He said, look, I don't want anything to happen to my truck. I don't want you guys smashing up my truck just trying to tr- take this guy down. I'll give you the truck, but you assure me you'll drive. I know you're not, not a hothead like Sam. He said, I, Sam had rammed that truck into the guy in a heartbeat. Cav, nothing will happen to your truck. So we get Cav's truck, and I'm driving the truck. We got about... 10 cars there to box the guy in. Everything's supposed to go, but it doesn't go. It's just like any drug deal. It doesn't go like you think it's going to go. Uh, they move the location. They do a couple things, and the drug deal goes. The guy's already exiting the parking lot, and the only two guys there are me and Sam in Cav's truck. <laughs> so I said, Sam, we can't let him get out on the highway. And we're coming down. It's like a, a one-way exit coming out of the thing. I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to cut him off. You hop out, 
and you get him out of the truck. I'll box him. You you get him. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's Sam. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I didn't give Sam enough direction in this matter, I guess. <laughs> the one thing I probably should have made sure Sam understood is when you rip him out of that truck, make sure the truck's not running and going forward. You know, at least get it into park or something like that. Nah, that, Sam didn't have that in his mind. <laughs> so the guy's coming right at us. I cut him off. The guy slams on the brakes. Sammy's out like a shot up on the car rips the door open, rips the guy out of the truck. Truck's still in in drive. Sammy throws him on the ground, and I'm watching as the truck just keeps coming, slams right into me. You know, the guy's guy's laying there. Sammy's pounding on him, and the guy rams into Cav's truck. How'd Cav take that? Cav was not happy. It was probably a, by the time Sam got up there and got her, it was probably a 10-mile impact but that's enough to do some damage yeah that'll, so how, that'll bend the so how'd that story go and you went back was it hey kev we got good news we got bad news what do you want first <laughs> we got the perp we got him <laughs> we got him actually i i told that story I, I i talked at sammy's funeral and uh i told that story the whole church was laughing at that story let me tell you a little story about sam okay so the very first time i ever met sam i can't remember how the call came out but it wasn't necessarily a deer that had been hit. I don't remember exactly what, how the call came out, but it was at case in center Ridge. And I, I feel like, I feel like the call was, it was like a disturbance there at the intersection. There was people out of the car and whatever, something was going on there. So I get up there, I got my lights on and I get out and here comes Sam. Now Sam was little, he's a little dude, but he was massive. Right. I mean, he was one of these guys walking around with, I mean, the lats were holding his arms out. Stuff. I mean, he was a big dude. He's got to turn around to see you because so he's he, got no neck. Yeah. So he comes walking out from behind, from in front of this car, and he's got a knife in his hand, and he is covered in blood. I don't even know who this dude is. <laughs> covered in blood. Got blood all over the front of him, blood all over the knife, all over his hands. Well, apparently a deer had been hit, and Sam was driving by and just decided, you know what, I'm going to dress this thing up right here on the side of the road. Got out and started dressing it. Well, then I pull up, and he comes around the corner. He's got this big old smile on his face, like... Like a crazy guy? Yes. Right? He comes around. He is covered in blood holding that knife. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And then he introduces himself. But, yeah, things were a little tense for a minute. Things were a little tense for a minute. And that happens more often than you think. I know it's dad's story time, but we had another one. We were on the highway. Somebody calls says there was an accident. Now they're fighting. Oh, okay. I pull up. There is a guy clearly straddling somebody. He's off on the shoulder, like on the embankment with a big rock in his hand, I watch him as he takes the rock up and slams it down on a guy. I'm like, holy shit. Now, another deer got hit. Guy didn't have a knife. He killed this deer by beating it to death with a rock on the side of the highway. You said he was wild. No, that wasn't Sam. <laughs> oh, that wasn't no, Sam? No, no, that was a oh. whole different. And I'm just saying, this happens more often than you think. Okay. Cops pull up and there's some bloody dude who's cleaning up a deer. Oh, yeah, Jesus. This guy beats a deer to death with a rock on the side of the road. That's some man shit right there. Man. I don't think I have it in me to beat a deer to death with a rock. No, oh, I'll beat the deer to death with a rock if it's threatening my family <laughs> or if we're starving. Um, but besides that, yeah, God, I don't, you don't yeah. want to do that. But that's at least twice where I was like, oh, I thought I came uh, up Sam, on Sam was the kind of guy that if you were ever in a dangerous situation and Sam was with you, you knew you were going to come out of it all right. I mean, you'd have to drive a stake through the guy's heart. Yeah. I only have a couple people in my life like that that I know. You're going to have to do that to get them. But man, that's, 
And like you said, he's not with us anymore. I'll toast to him. Oh man, <laughs> Dude, we got a, we got another show to do. <laughs> he didn't have a well, he didn't have a nickname or nothing. You guys just called him Sam. No, I guess not. Uh, I guess no one made him. <laughs> when he was following him to get yeah. a good nickname. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, to Sam. To Sam. Sam was a great guy, though, man. He was funny. I think one of my buddies, and you've met him once here at the studio, he was telling me a story, and I want to get more information on it for next time we get together to see if we can't piece it together. He was, it was just maybe in the 80s. He was with his mother. They were at a location, and FBI showed up. He was old enough to know that it was the first time that he realized, like, we don't have control of this situation anymore. Like, there's a lot of guys here with guns, and it was real hectic and chaotic. And then his mother out of the blue was like, and I don't know that he knows the name of the person, but she says she recognizes a guy maybe from school or something who was the agent. And it was like, hey, what are you, what are you doing here? And he's like, what are you, you know, and then they kind of talk. And he was like, he felt like, okay, it's okay. Cause she knows somebody, but it got real tense for a minute. And I want to like uh, reach out to him and kind of even ask his mom who she knew. So that way we might be able to piece together on like what, what exactly this was. Well, it wasn't him. Well, I'm just saying like. Unless, it, unless she went to school in Detroit. Oh, yeah, I know. But it was someone else that she knew and it they ended up like chit-chatting or, you know, I don't know if they were in the wrong place at the wrong time and they just ran past him. But she recognized him and, and it made my buddy go from, oh, shit, what's going on to, okay, maybe it's not that as bad as I thought it was, because he was young when it happened. I mean, you've seen a lot of people get turned when, when you guys show up, even back in the FBI, or even when, with the with the Lorain County, right? You show up and, and people, the neighbors or, or innocent bystanders are like, whoa, hey, whoa, you guys came out of nowhere. <laughs> poor guy taking his trash out. Um, yeah. When I was working in, in the FBI, working fugitives in Cuyahoga County, I wouldn't be interact. You know, I'd go, I'd work in the lot of the tough community areas mm-hmm. there. But when I got to Lorain County for 18 years working drugs in Lorain County, I mean, I bump into the people all the time that I arrested for drugs and stuff. I'll see them in Giant Eagle and they'll come up to me. <laughs> and I mean, it's in fact, a good story about that is my first arrest in Lorain County, arrested a guy for drugs, went home. Next morning, I get up and the guy's standing at my front door. Guys at my front door. The guy that I just arrested yesterday's at my front door. I said, holy shit, where'd this guy come from? And I'm, of course, look, I'm going for my gun. Turned out he was the lawn tech guy putting the, the lawn tech thing that he had just done my lawn. But, you know, when you work, when you work, you work drugs in Lorraine County, it, it's, it's a small thing. I, yeah. I can't tell you how many guys that come, that come up to me. Hey, do you remember me? Uh, no. Yeah, you arrested me back. Oh, 15 years ago. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it happens a lot, man. I, you I'm know, sure it does with you. I got people come up to me all the time. They're like, Officer Larkin. And I'm like, all you right. Know, when you hear I'm that, like, you're like, I'm like, all right, this is going to go one of two ways, right? This is either like, oh, my God, you helped me out one time. Or, yeah, you know, the best story I got, though, on that. So back in the early 90s and mid-90s, we'd go downtown. We'd go to the flats all the time, right? We'd go down there in the basement. Uh, you remember the basement and the beach club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd be down at the basement. It was a bar down there. It was great. And uh, I had gotten off on afternoons. So I got off at 11. I went down there. And a couple nights prior to that, I had arrested a guy for OVI. All right. 
So we're down there and we're, you know, we're drinking, we're dancing, we're having a good time. And I look and it was like something from a horror movie. Like this guy that I arrested a couple nights ago is standing in the middle of the dance floor. Everybody's moving and he's standing there like a statue, just staring at me. He's locked in. Staring at me. I mean, seriously, it was creepy, man. Like everybody's moving, but this guy is just like, just staring. So I'm like, God damn, I don't need this problem, you know? And I remember there was, it was a Cleveland cop working the door there and he was a little guy, but he was stocky, big dude, man. And I went over to him and I told him who I was. Cause if there was problems, I didn't want to get my ass kicked, you know? So I told him who I was and I said, man, look, I arrested this guy for OVI. He's over there. I fucking me right now. It's probably, he's probably going to say something at some point. And I remember this guy, he's got a big, thick Italian accent and he goes, which fucking guy? And he points right to him. He goes, this fucking guy. And I said, I said, yeah, yeah, that's him. He walks out there. He's pushing people out of the way. <laughs> he grabs this guy under his armpits and he picks him up, but he's, he's smaller. So he can't get him all the way off the ground, but he puts him on his heels and starts just storming towards the door with them. He's knocking people over, gets him to the door, throws him out in the middle of the street. The guy rolls in the street <laughs> and this cop looks at me. He goes, no, get the fuck out of here. And he goes, have a good night, man. He turns around to me. He goes, have a good night, man. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. I thought for sure when I went out there at the end of the night, I was just, hey, this guy's going to be waiting with a tire iron somewhere. But no, that was it. Never saw the guy again. Wow. Yeah. This fucking guy. This fucking guy. <laughs> Shit. <It's> another shirt. <laughs> this, this fucking guy. Whooped everybody's ass and being Conquering the world in the FBI. If you saw Jim's dead, you were going to die. Hey, it's Jim's dad. So fucking dad, dude. What the fuck? Uh, we got to uh, get him back in here. You know what? We're going to do an episode with Gil. It's coming up after the first of the year, unfortunately. Uh, but he we, did have a book out, right? Yeah, he's got a book out. But we're going to have my dad in here on the phone with Gil. It's going to be fantastic. It should be. Um, so I'm ready to make that a two hour episode. <laughs> Seriously. It might be a two part. I don't know. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So last, uh, last well, show well, I just want to, you know, I want to thank everyone for listening for the whole year. Merry Christmas. Uh, I want to thank the the person um, who, who single-handedly gave us a spot to have this podcast. We don't got to name him, but he knows who he is. Rick. I want to thank him. He did it. Uh, an amazing job of letting us in here and letting us, you know, build this thing out. And he, he's a, a real supporter of the show and uh, he may be a few episodes behind and I always rip on him for it, but whatever, he's busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's given us a great space, but would not have been able to do without him. Yep. Shout out to the editors so. who did an amazing job all year. Yeah. Um, listen, man. I mean, I, I don't know where the future takes us. Knucklehead has been absolutely phenomenal for us. Um, and, and we talked about this, right? I mean, we could always go to Fiverr and we could get this thing edited, but it's not going to be the same quality. What, what sucks for us is that we went into just a, a, a top level editor, right? Yeah. Knucklehead came in here and did for us just, I mean, it's amazing. And not to mention like if this guy was actually charging for how many times I text him for corrections, yeah, um, exactly. he, it would probably be a lot more expensive. So shout out exactly. to that guy. 
Well, uh, yeah. Shout out to the guy that came through halfway through. Listen, man. I mean, you can use their names. Nobody yeah. knows them, right? So yeah. Tim. Um, it, well, and it started with Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Justin was always receptive to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim has been. Tim took Justin's position yeah. and has been amazing. Yeah. Joseph is the guy, and you guys don't hear it, but when we're doing episodes, we'll mess something up, and we're like, "Hey, Joseph, stop right here." take that whole thing out. Let's start over. Mm-hmm. Right. And Joseph picks it up without a, I mean, just, a you never itch, know, man. you never know. You never, we can't even find where we made the mistakes. <laughs> We're like, is that where we said? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but they, 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 they've done great. And Steven who, who owns knucklehead, they've just been fantastic with us. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. Maybe we stay with knucklehead. Maybe we move on. Maybe we're growing. I, I don't know. We'll see where, where, where it takes us, but not a bad thing to say, man. These guys, Knucklehead Media, if you are starting out in a podcast, Knucklehead Media is the place to start for sure. Yep. Uh-huh. Thanks to all our guests that came in. Thanks to the guys at Freedom Square. Yep. That showed us a great time when we went out there and opened a lot of doors for us uh, for, for guests. And um, Oh, we're coming back because we need a steak dinner. <laughs> we missed out on the steak dinner because we got there a little late and didn't plan it. And we would have had to eat at like 10 o'clock if we wanted a steak dinner. And Oh, we're going to get there early next time. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, man. And you know what? Everybody who's listening and the support we've had, and the emails we've had and the messages we've had. It's funny to me. I've, I've gotten a few hate messages um, over this year and I, I just know they're not true. Right. Because the messages I get from people that support what we're doing, uh, there's always going to be people that hate us. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, yeah, it's been a wild ride, man. It's been great. But we nailed it. Every week we dropped, and I think that is big. It is. It's That's huge. Big. And I don't think we're going anywhere, man. I think we're going to be around for a while, and I think things are only going to get better from here. So Having fun, a little more long-form conversation. I'll tell you what. A week ago, I wasn't this guy. A week ago, I was like, we're done. <laughs> I was. Dan's always the optimist. I'm, I'm like, the, shut up, stupid. Yeah, I'm the realist, <laughs> right? Dan's like, oh, we could do this forever. I'm like, we're broke, right? <laughs> we don't have any money. But in the last week, things have things have changed. Mm-hmm. And I really feel good about this. Uh, I think this is, I think we're where we should be right now. Yep. And I think it's about to, I think all of our hard work is about to pay off. So uh, anyway, uh, I don't know. Dan, you got anything else? Yeah, we're going to do one more shot. All right. For Josh McTarian. Killed in the line of duty in Twinsburg, executed by a uh, just a monster. Um, if you listen back, um, if you listen back, episode 28, we had Holly McTarian here, and she talked about Josh's life um, and, unfortunately, his death. And it was it was a compelling episode. So, uh, if you haven't heard it, go back, listen, episode 28. Um, so here's, uh, here's to Josh. His drink of choice was old granddad. We've got a bottle here with his badge number on it. If you believe in the afterlife, we're going to have to ask him why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then. Like Josh, why didn't you believe, or, or why didn't you love Woodford? I mean, I don't. Old granddad? Come on, Josh. I mean, maybe it was something his dad drank. Uh, he was stealing it at a young age. I don't know. but Filling it back up with water. Listen, well, <laughs> apple juice. Apple juice. Whatever. <laughs> Cutting it with something just as old man didn't know that it was, you know. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway, to Josh. And we will see you guys uh, next year, man. Here's the good things, man. Here's the good thing. Cheers, right, brother. 
As always, we thank you guys for your support. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you could drop us a like, drop us a five-star review, that really helps us out. You can find us on Facebook at Pod Bless America. And you can find us on Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. You can find us on Getter at Pod Bless America. And you can find me at Jim at PBAPodcast.com. And you can find me at Dan at PBAPodcast.com. So until next time, I'm Jim. I'm Dan. And Pod Bless America. Are you kidding me right now? This is the last episode of the year. You don't have a dad joke in the pipe. Dude, I was so thrown off by what you said we were going to do for this episode. And I was like, he's faking it. We got something else. He's going to throw something at me like I did with him with the Western Reserve episode. You know what? You know what? Fuck everything I said in this episode. I'm out. You're on your own. I'm done. <laughs>